Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through verse 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 through verse 39. You don't have to stand for the reading of God's word, but I am going to ask you to reverence it in your hearing. When you have it, say, I have the bread. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written for thy sake we are killed all the day long we are counted as sheep of the slaughter nay in all these things we are more than conquerors to him that loved us for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 36, it's wrote out. For his sake, we are killed all the day long. Count us as sheep to be killed. But in all these things, we're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors because he he loves us and all of God's people said amen all right today I just want to speak to you in these last few moments from the topic holy replacements holy replacements as we come into holy convocation this week we're going to talk about rebuilding the altar now in rebuilding the altar you know altars symbolize sacrifice it means something is going to be laid down that's the only reason why you build an altar an altar in scripture is not just for pretty furniture. Altars are bloody. Altars are bloody. And it kind of it shifts our mindset about worship. Because anytime we talk about worship in, the, in this new covenant or in our present day culture, church culture, worship is beautiful. You know, worship is a melody, it's a song, it's romantic literature. You know, oh, I want to be wide-eyed and mystified. <laughs> you know, we just finished singing it. May we be just like a child, staring at the beauty of our king. But biblical worship is not as beautiful as you think. Biblical worship is bloody. It's why they needed to burn incense. Because it's laying down something, right? Abraham says to his servants, stay here because me and my son are going up there to worship. What was Abraham going to do? He was going to lay down his son and he called it worship. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, worship comes with a price. It's the whole purpose of an altar. It's giving up something. It's laying down something. And that's our faith. Y'all, that is our whole Judeo-Christian faith. Self-denial, giving up something. You know, all through the scripture, we see it. Abraham giving up living close proximity to his family. Because God says to him in, April, in Genesis chapter 12, go to a land I'm going to show you. Leave your family. You have to realize then and even now, having family is having a support system. And some of you know this. Some of you know the challenge with this as you have made home here in Lynchburg. You make home here in Lynchburg, you know, you don't have an auntie across the street if you're not from here, right? 
Your grandmother is not over there. And it's why in our church culture, we've almost built surrogate family units. Because many of us are here in Lynchburg and Lynchburg is not really close to anything. Right. And so we kind of adopt each other. We got siblings. Some of our kids are just finding out that Auntie Morgan is really not her blood related aunt. <laughs> right. So walking away from proximity of the family is laying down something. Moses go to Egypt. That's disrupting his comfort and not only disrupting his comfort just for the sake of comfort it's also causing him to face his fears. Mm. Get a lamb and lay it down as a Passover. Get a goat for atonement. Get a grain offering. Take this liquid and pour it out. No, you, you know, water, right? Pour out the water. Okay, I'll pour out the water. But in the Bible days, water didn't come in Fiji bottles. You don't go to Sam's Club and get a whole pack. What's the Sam's Club? Uh, it, I'm not being bougie. I just don't get to go to the store. What is it? Make a spark. Sam's Choice. Elder Claude, you haven't been to Sam's Club in a while. So we, we need water. We just go get us a bottle. We have a whole pack. Some of us have filtered water in our refrigerator. You know? But in the Bible days, water didn't come so easy. As a matter of fact, water was so valuable, communities were built up near the water source. Because water was that valuable. Why do we celebrate the fact that Rebecca gives water to the camels of Eleazar. Because camels can drink over 10 gallons of water, one camel. And she gave 10 camels water. How did she get it? It didn't come out of a faucet. She had to go get it. She had to come from the, the well and she had to have a bucket and she had to drag it. She had to pull it. And how is it? That when men went through enemy lines to get water from Bethlehem for David. David took the water and then he said. Hold on, what are you doing? We got this water for you. He says, I'm not worthy of it. So I pour it out as a sacrifice. What is it that God is requiring of you to pour out? Not something you inherited, but something you worked for. Something you invested in. Something your heart was attached to. See, every time we talk about laying down something, we talk about something cheap. You know, like if I tell everybody in here, I'm not, I'm not screaming, but I'm preaching to y'all. When I say everybody, listen, you know, next week we want to give clothes to the homeless. Everybody bring clothes. I already know what a good 80% of y'all going to do. You're going to go get stuff that should have been thrown away a long time ago. Or something you've been talking about you're going to get back into. And it ain't happened yet. And then you say, oh yes, get this to the, get this to the people they need it. You know, something that is out of style. I just want to be a blessing. How much of a blessing it is, or you really just spring cleaning. Or you getting it off of your hand. No, no, no. Go get the dress with the tag still on it. Go get something that you paid a lot of money for. That's when it becomes a, a, a sacrifice. And so that is our culture.
There's a culture of faith that is ingrained in scripture that walking with Christ is laying down stuff. Giving up things. Putting it at the feet of Jesus. I count you worthy of it. Because that's really what it goes down to. Anything he requires from you, it always goes back to, do you count him worthy? Mm. You're so worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're worthy of my hallelujah. Yeah, but that don't cost you much. See, anytime you sing the songs without the action connected to it, you bearing false witness. You either lying or you prophesying. <laughs> Come on. It either, it's either where you are or where you hope to be or you have no plans at all to give yourself away so he can use you. Here's my worship. All my worship. I will not be silent while you're reading it with your eyes but not opening up your mouth. Because it's easy to sing the lyrics than to live it out. Because worship is bloody. Oh, I'm, I'm trying to get y'all to hear his worship. And so we're going to keep saying, you know, lay it down. Give it up. Give God what he wants. And this is the challenge with it. This is the big challenge with telling you to give it up. Because yes, you're worthy of it. Yes, he's worthy. But what am I giving it up for? See, we have read Genesis chapter 12 about Abraham leaving his kindred. But I want you to read it like it's a real historical account, and it is. Abraham, leave your family and go to a land I will show you. Now, I already know how y'all are. Okay, what's the name of this land? And how far is it going to be? Come on, Waukesha. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You got a whole list of questions, right? The only issue is walking with God. Every time he gives you an assignment, he don't always give you details. And I want you to look at this person beside you and say this. Tell them details are not necessary for obedience. I mean, how long are we going to be there? Who going to be there when I get there? Y'all know how y'all do. Hey, we having a cookout Friday. Who going to be there? And I get it because the wrong people can make it food not taste well. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm like, if I got to deal with that drama, I just go to cookout on Woods Road, get my own, come on, get my own tray. Amen. With two sides, french fries and nuggets as a side. Amen. And a cheer wine float. Before I go over there in that toxic atmosphere. But God doesn't give Abraham details. He's just required to follow suit. Follow the instructions. See, we make it, we get to read the book of Job. But Job did not have the book of Job to read. And when we, we don't have it, when we don't have the book of Job, to, uh, when we uh, realize he didn't have the book of Job to read, then we understand him making that statement, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away, has a greater depth to it. Oh, because we know in the end, oh, God gives him double for his trouble. He didn't know that. As a matter of fact, he thought God was doing it to him. That's why he said, God, you're doing this. Listen to what he says. 
He said, though you slay me. Now, we got the book of Job to read now and we understand it. But what happens in your own life? When you're wondering, God, are you working against me? I'm not talking about when you're in sin. I'm talking about when you finally make a decision. Okay, all right. I'm talking about when you finally. See, moments like that will make you think, is this about my bad decisions before my right decision? So is this, is this God now coming to get me from something I did a long time ago? And Job says this, though you slay me, though you are working against me, yet will I trust you. So he's giving up. J- Job is laying down his children. He's losing everything. Abraham is walking away from his family because that's our faith. It requires something out of you with the scary question, what's going to replace it? God, you want me to give it up. But if I walk away from the leeks and onions in Egypt, what are we going to eat now? Because although I'm tired of leeks and onions, at least I know we got it. I want to talk to somebody in this room because as we've been talking about rebuilding the altar and we bring you to the altar and we lay hands on you for deliverance. And we help uproot those demonic systems and those things that have distracted you and pulled you away. Oftentimes, we send you back to your seat to now live out a new reality without any kind of brochure, without any kind of instructions. Yes. You told me to leave the toxic relationship. And now I'm willing to leave it. But now what do I do with that space? I'm going to talk to them because y'all just make me nervous. What? No, 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 no. You told me. You told me that this weed is not good for me. And I need to let it go because I need to please God. And I don't need to be sedated by anything else. I need to live a conscious and a sober life. But if I stop smoking it, what do I replace it with? You told me to lay it down and give it up and turn it loose. But if I turn it loose, if I give it up, if I walk away, then I'll be left by myself. And although what I was with was toxic, at least it was something tangible. Yes, you shacking. You need to get out of that house with the person you're shacking. But where am I going? Because I, I'm accustomed to sitting at the table with somebody. And I know that don't mean nothing to you. I'm accustomed to sharing a bed with somebody. See, I, I just want to just talk it practical in here. I'm just going to talk it practical in here. Because see, it's one thing not to ever have it. Because you can't miss something you ain't never had. But when you got emotional and physical memory. Hallelujah. Curiosity is one thing. But an appetite is something different. I now must be rewired how to live a different way. Scream at somebody tell them I need a replacement. Because what happens is you tell me to give up fornication. And then I give up fornication just to eat. 
So now I'm no longer fornicating, but I'm overeating. Snacks on my nightstand. Y'all not saying nothing. Ice cream and cookies every night. Yes, I broke up the toxic relationship just to pick up some messy church people. And now I'm sitting at a restaurant. I don't even like these conversations. Bringing up one person's name and tearing them down and telling everybody's business. So now I'm finding myself drawing back. I'm not good enough for the church people. And I'm too saved for my secular friends. What do I replace it with? Don't leave me out here. Because some of us went back to Egypt. Not because we wanted bondage. But we wanted familiarity. Because at least I know it. At least. At least I know it. Tell your neighbor some people went back. Tell them I don't agree with it. But I do get it. Oh, 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 okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get 30 of y'all to say this. The rest of y'all, y'all be quiet. And tell them I get it because I went back about three times. Come on. No, no, no. Okay, I went back. To, okay, I went back eight times. Okay, I lost 10 count of how many times I went back before I learned that I didn't have to go back. Until I found a replacement. I kept going back. I kept going back. I kept going back and I kept begging it to take me back I kept oh my goodness I kept making excuses for going back when the truth is I was trying to fill a space I was trying to fill a void I need you to run over to somebody tell them I know you won't looking for sin hallelujah but God wants to give you a replacement I know you were just trying to fill the void I'm not here to judge you I'm here to pull you out I need you to ro- reach over to somebody tell them God wants to pull you out come on pull on them pull on them pull on Don't you go back into that ultra introvert state where you pull away from everybody and you talk to nobody. Come on, don't you go back to that. It, it took you too long to get out of that place. It took you too long. To... You, you know where you find yourself, Star? Well, you know what? I'm just going to go over in this cave. I ain't going to deal with nobody. So I want to tell you what you need to do. First of all, you need to do this really quickly. You need to do this really quickly. If Paul understands conquering, we really don't understand conquering because we don't do a lot of hand-to-hand combat. Most of our combat now is computerized, airplanes dropping bombs, right? Not a lot of face-to-face, hand-to-hand combat. But Paul understood conquering from a physical space and what they did in the ancient world once you get and you conquer a city or place the very first thing you need to do is repair the breaches you got to find the weak spots in the wall you got to you got to discover so hold on where is my weak spot because instead of shining the wall over here and making it look real good and putting pictures up on the wall over here I need to discover how the enemy got in the last time and I need to repair 
Somebody scream, repair the breach. I mean, don't look at your neighbor. Look at yourself. Come on, say, repair the breach. Find the cracks in your wall. Find the spaces you have given the enemy access to. And it's hard work. Finding a leak on a roof is hard work. Some of y'all will, some of y'all will see every so often we'll have some water damage here. It's because the roof mass is so wide, but one small leak can do a lot of damage. And so somebody got to walk the roof. And that's why sometimes when we really want to get serious about prayer, we got to stop doing these drive-by prayers. When you want to repair the breach, you got to walk the mass of the roof. You got to, you got to walk, you got to, I mean, that means that times, I'm serious. Sometimes you got to come into prayer without, without your own agenda. Yeah, I'm going to go in because I need to pray about this. Now, sometimes you need to come in and say, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Oh, do it in me, Lord. I'm serious. The Lord will start, the, the Spirit will start giving you language. That you can come in agreement with God. Do it in me, Lord. Oh, do it in me. Do it in me now, Lord. Oh, yes. Do it in me now, Lord. Oh, oh do it. Oh, oh, pride, Lord. Take out the pride. Oh, pride. Oh, that's where it is. Oh, pride, Lord. See, because we have all these beautiful devotional prayer books and there's nothing wrong with it. But nobody can write the devotional prayer book for your life like you can. Because you over there praying about God expanding your territory. And God needs to, de- needs to deal with the root of pride in you. Because an expanded territory with a root of pride would set you up for failure. Finally. So this morning, I sent this to Morgan, uh, maybe in the middle of the night. Just, you know, and I wanted to give her some kind of idea of a graphic. But what kind of graphic do you get somebody when it says holy replacement? So my thing was, okay, a book is missing. You know, leave an open space. For, you know, it's an open space, but I never did get to tell her. So when I sent it, she sent a light bulb. I was like, okay. <laughs> but God does all things intentionally. So I was sitting in the office and I tell Pastor Westgate while I'm writing this, I said, hold on. What happens when Christmas lights don't work? He said, that means it's a dead bulb on the line. And one dead bulb can take out all the power. He said, so you have to do the hard work and walk the line. You got to take one live bulb and take out one bulb and replace it. Until you find out, you got to replace it. Until you find you got to keep replacing it. And God says that some of us have lost power in this season. But God says, I want to give you a holy replacement. Because when I give you a holy replacement, the power is coming back on. I come to, to get a hundred of you to just jump up and shout, the power is coming back. The power is coming back to my life. The power is coming back to my ministry. The power is coming back to my prayer wall. The power is coming back. But you got to walk the line. You got to do the hard work. Hallelujah. It's one thing to lay it down. But you got to have a holy replacement. Hallelujah. You got to, you got to, the Bible says, naming all these things. It starts naming all the stuff. All the stuff that we go through as believers. But it says, naming all these things, we are more than conqueror. See, because 
Different empires had different strategies. Some would conquer a people group and then leave. Right? The only challenge with that, Saul, that if you don't kill all, like God told you to, that that you did not kill has the potential to recover and come back. Because some of us, we almost did everything God told us to do. But we kept some keepsake devils. We kept some things that weren't so bad. And then the Bible says we are more than conquerors. So Romans, this is what Romans would do. Romans would first try to do diplomacy. Says, all right, we're coming in. We're going to take over your city. Probably be best for you just to give us the keys. And because uh, I mean, look at our look at our discography. Look at our background. Look at our history. We always win, right? But if you didn't agree with the Romans, then the Romans says we will cut off your supply. Because it's through cross-pollination, it's through trade that these people survive. See, this is when the enemy starts to destroy you, when he starts cutting you off from your life support. You know, after a while, you know, you stop coming to church and then, well, I just watch it online. And then you don't watch it online when it's being streamed online. You'll watch it later. That's three Sundays. And you know, I just go back one day. I'm just going to binge. But no, let me hear, let me tell you something. You need church. Don't let, let me, don't you let this present culture trick you and fool you. You need church. You need all of it. You need the shouting, the dancing. You need the anointing oil. You need offering time. You need, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep saying it because I'm going to get up under somebody's skin because that ain't nothing but the enemy want to come for your flesh. You need, tell your neighbor, we need church. We need accountability. We need correction. We need somebody to text us every so often that says, I didn't see you yesterday everything okay you need church you need somebody to say i saw you but i didn't see your wife you need church and all the people who say they don't need church are the same people that when their child gets married they want the whole church to shut down y'all not standing to me they need they want the preacher they want the musicians they want the media team the same people who put on facebook church people kill me when somebody in their family die they want the whole church choir they want the kitchen committee to fry chicken and feed all of their family it's good bishop it's good we need church we need community we, I'm, tell, I'm serious you need somebody because I know online is good and you already have to watch online I'm thankful for you but you need a community somewhere you need somebody run up here sister Chanel run up here sister Chanel you need somebody that's going to look over at you that know your movements stand right there sister Chanel and when we go going around greeting and says hey praise the Lord welcome to the ramp welcome to the ramp say sister Chanel how you doing I'm fine I'm fine he says, are you really fine? You know, the Lord, I had a dream the other night. And the Lord put you on my heart. You need some people who give you church hugs. I'm telling you, if anybody in here, you had made up your mind, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to respond. They can do all this shaking if they want to. I'm not getting people in my business. I ain't going to nobody gonna know what I'm going to do. Before you know, you know, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. See, you need church. You need community. 
but y'all saying I need church. But you know, you don't know what I've been through in church. And church people will stab you in the back and church people will hurt you. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. Do you know how many lawsuits have been filed against the hospital? I'm serious. Do you know how many people have went in the hospital and they needed to get a leg amputated? And they made an accident and amputated the wrong leg. You know how many lawsuits that families have against hospitals and doctors because their family member died under the watch of a doctor. It's a lot of money. Billions of dollars of lawsuits. But if anybody in this church right now pass out and you stop breathing, we're going to pray. Oh, we're going to pray. We're going to raise you up. But if you got any breath in your body, you're going to say, call 911. <laughs> Why? Because out of all the mistakes the hospital has made, you got a better chance surviving at the hands of a doctor. Y'all not sending them in here. I at the hands of a doctor. Okay, church has made over the last 2,000 years. The church is still the bride of Christ and you got a better chance living if you stay in the church. So, so you gotta, you gotta, you need a replacement. You, you need a replacement. This is what you need to do now. Discover what you were called to do before you got distracted. In the year King Uzziah died, in that same year, I saw the Lord. Now you have to realize, Uzziah was a good king. Okay, man, I'm over my time. Thank y'all so much. Y'all, let me wrap up. And I said 12 minutes, and I apologize for not finishing in 12 minutes. I want to say this real quick. Uzziah was a good king. I said this real quick. He was, I mean, he... They prospered under Uzziah. Uzziah is the only king that Isaiah ever knew. Right. I mean, I mean, Isaiah, we believe prophets are born, yes, in their mother's womb. But the acknowledgement and the revelation of it comes at a specific time. Right. You can be a prophet of God and God's hand can be on your life in your mother's womb. But there comes a moment of indication where you realize it. So just because... You haven't always realized it don't mean it ain't your calling. Like sometimes we go through a metamorphosis and evolving to grow into what God called us. And then we'll look back and say, oh, that's why I never fit in. Oh, that's why that relationship didn't work out. God was preserving me for this. So Isaiah was a really good king. I mean, he made a mistake, but he was a really good king. I mean, he made a really bad mistake. But he said, my point is. Isaiah goes into the temple as a king and he tries to burn incense to the Lord. This was something only a priest could do. But what happened is he got intoxicated off of his success. When you when God start prospering you financially and in your business, stay close to people who can check you. And when I said they can check you, it don't mean they will need to check you. But there's something about no matter how I go all over the world, no matter how I get to sit with diplomats, no matter how I get to sit with prime ministers and bishops and all that, it's something that keeps me grounded knowing, knowing 
that when I come back to Lynchburg, that there's an expectation of humility that my grandmother expects out of me at 90 years old. It's something that keeps me grounded that as much as I'm your bishop, that I come to, to my house, my family house, and my mama say, hey, pastor, and she loves me. Hey, pastor, good to see you. Then she said, if you get a chance, take that trash out over there. Will you put it out there because the trash man going to come and I don't want. You need to keep people around you that still call you by your first name. You need people around you that are not so inebriated by what you do that they no longer see who you are. And their proximity to you keeps you grounded. And Isaiah got so intoxicated off his success. He said, oh, I'm the president. Oh, I'm the king. You know what? I can do the priest's work. And God, and, and the priest tried to stop him. Says, Isaiah, no, 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 no. See, don't get so high up that you can't hear. And when he grabbed the incense on the altar, while he still had the incense in his hand, he got struck with leprosy and and leprosy became his end he died still being a leper God never healed him I said all that to say this Isaiah still grieved him because Isaiah did not let the summation of who Isaiah was to be labeled by his one mistake and in the year King Uzziah died while I'm grieving over what I had to let go. Why I'm grieving over what I had to lay down, I looked up and I saw the Lord. What I'm trying to get some of you to say in the same moments of what you have to sacrifice God says it's something else I want to show you and this is what happens sometimes God has to remove some things and he has to remove some people so you can see what he's trying to show you and in the Romans if they didn't if they didn't conquer you by diplomacy if they didn't conquer you by siege then what made them more than conquerors is they would they would not only conquer the place, but then they would inhabit the place. See, this is what y'all do. Oh, I'm out of that. Thank you, Jesus. But what are you building on top of it? Because if you don't build something on top of it, hallelujah, you're going to put something else there. Something else is going to grow back. I didn't close this message out like I desired. Uh, Holy replacement. No, no. Oh, yes. Amen. Let's stop this song. Holy. Holy replacement. Find out really what you were called to do. Pour yourself into that. And not only pour yourself into that, pour your resources into that. I mean, I would do this if I had the money. What have you been wasting money on? Pour your resources into the replacement. It's not enough just to lay it down. Lay it down, then look up. Lay it down and then look up what's coming. Saul, Saul, how long will you grieve over what I have rejected? Go down to the house of Jesse. 
I got another king there. This message right now is for all of you who've been required in this last season to lay something down. The Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. I pray today's message has been a blessing to you and that you've been expanded and increased and you've been given the desire to walk even closer to God. If you've really been blessed by today's message, I want you to consider partnering with me that I can continue to get out quality content, inspirational, motivational and gospel messages because we know it's through the foolishness of preaching that souls are saved. When you partner with us, you're helping us spread the word of God, not just domestically, but internationally all over the world. And so remember today as you sow, that even though the money or the gift may leave your hand, it will never leave your life because you're partnering with something that's greater than you. We want to hear from you. If you've been blessed by our ministry, we'd like to get your messages. Send us an email. Uh, follow us on social media and take this opportunity to subscribe to this YouTube channel. Remember, I know what it feels like to cry till you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up. Keep